Welcome to the Burning for Marriage podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Christina. And we're the Sages. We are so excited to have you guys back today. We have been just very excited about this particular episode because Mm -hmm. we did a lot of study time. We were just going to jump in and do it, but Ryan was like, girl. I was like, no. (laughs) I I knew when we were talking about this, I was like, we need to make sure we have every, all the information we need. Yeah. And so we just took some time to really prep over a week of prep to really just sit with this, sit with what, what the Lord was really going to use and what he was pointing to so we could speak the gospel to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we are just big fans of standing with being fully armored, a fully armored marriage. And we're just excited to share that because we know that's what really just, that, that was like the thing that just made things happen. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, before we dive in, just to, you know, say of how much for Christina and I in this season for us of uh, what Armoring Up has been and meant to our marriage of just, it's something that we pray on every day. And it's not just something that you say or that you uh, pray for, but just that we act on and that we uh, live yes. out. And so just to, and just an understanding each piece of the armor, because I don't know about a lot of people, but I know me, I had no idea yeah. about any of this, um, you know, before our men's and women's group of just discussing it. So just having a better understanding really helped equip us more during this season in our marriage. You guys have your Bibles. We are going to be kind of piecing apart the famous verse um, to talking about the armor of God. So we're going to be looking at Ephesians 6. I think it's 10 through 20. So open it up and we will kind of dive and kind of point to that scripture. But basically, I'm going to start with verse 13. I'm going to read it real quick. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil evil one. Yeah, you can back up. Uh, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Woo! Can we just be honest? Marriage is hard. Relationships are hard. Mm-hmm. And I know that, especially when we started this whole journey back, back way back when, mm-hmm. now 39 weeks ago, oh my God. Oh God. Uh, we, I really just needed to separate sin from the sinner. And that was so hard for me. Satan was really trying to, to make my focus be on Ryan doing all these wrongs. It was Ryan's fault, all of this, da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. But what really it was was that I needed to separate the sin from the sinner. I was either going to play victim to allowing me to feel like the victim and then Ryan mm-hmm. being the bad guy or I was going to look inward and be like, okay, I need to, I need to look, at, look at this as spiritual warfare because I am able to do that with all the other areas in my life. And now my marriage is on fire and I need to be doing that in, in my marriage as well. Yeah. And on the flip side of the situation, you know, something that's going on in my head is Satan just wanted me to only define myself by my sin. So he wanted me to not look at, you know, the son of God that, you know, God has named me as, but he wanted me to just see myself as my sin, as my addiction, as 
the things that were troublesome in, in our marriage at those times. And he didn't want, he didn't want me to break away from that because he knew once I broke away from that, that was the pathway to freedom. And that was by armoring up, by yes. equipping myself to actually fight in this spiritual warfare that I was going through. But that was something that I had to fight, just like Christina had to fight how she viewed me and to separate me from sin. Mm-hmm. I had to do the same thing, but for myself, not to define myself. By yeah, like his flesh at the time because I was just so God was still working on like my bitterness things that I was going through my hurt my betrayal right and so I had to look at this as and call it for what it was and this was spiritual warfare so I started like Ryan mentioned in the beginning he really didn't know too much about the armor of God he was just recently exposed to it when he was in his men's group yeah um, so I started to talk to Ryan because I was kind of, I was familiar with the armor of God as my mom used to sing. If you guys are familiar, my mom used to make us sing this song um, that kind of reminded us of each of the pieces. And though I didn't even know, but I was like armoring up when I was like seven years old. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what it meant, but now just a, it's just crazy. So anyway, I started to like really like lean in and like explain to Ryan that we need to be armoring up. And he was like, oh, like what do you mean? What's that? <laughs> like, what, what is that? And so we, I, I went back to the basics. And for me, the back to the basic, basics was looking at Ephesians and kind of just explaining what each pieces were. And mm-hmm. it was really cool because during that, the 90 day reset, we really focused on those pieces throughout that 90 days. Like we were mm-hmm. focusing on the helmet of salvation. We were focusing on the sword of the spirit. Just, uh, familiarize ourselves with it of just to pray on it every day and really kind of sit with as we did of what each of those pieces meant, what they meant, like armoring us and how they were protecting us. And because, you know, um, it says that, you know, that this is God's armor, that this is, you know, he's not giving us any secondhand uh, equipment mm-hmm. or armor that he gives us. That this it. is his armor that he took off and that he gave to us and is like, as he's freeing us from our sin, that he is equipping us with this armor because he knows that there's going to be a spiritual war that he wants to equip us for. And so just kind of having that deeper understanding as we went each day through the 90-day reset and even to this day of just kind of talking more about it, of how each thing is um, kind of protecting us, what we want to pray into it because the armor doesn't work unless you pray about it and pray into it. Yeah, because one of the, shout out to my mentor, Teresa, and my sister in Christ, Teresa, it was crazy when we were prepping for this. Talk Mm -hmm. about the Holy Spirit, guys. We were prepping for this podcast, or this episode. Yep. Um, Teresa had no idea that we were going to be talking about this, but she knew that she, that we were, you know, in a season where we were prepping for the episodes of the podcast, she dropped off, uh, a, by Priscilla Shire, which if you guys don't know who Priscilla Shire is, that is my girl. I love her. Uh, Ryan is now loves her too. She's awesome. She's, she has a whole series of the armor of God. So ladies, if you are, you're like, I want more. Go check out her series. There's little clips on, um, there's little clips on YouTube, but, we got to watch every single episode. It was crazy. Holy Spirit moment. Teresa dropped it off. Didn't even know that that week we were going to be prepping for. Yeah, this was after we decided we wanted to study yeah. for this podcast, for this episode that we were like, hey, we just really want to sit with it. Literally a day or two later, Teresa was just like, oh, I'm just dropping this off for you. <laughs> And then she was just like, oh, there's this whole thing about the armor of God. Yes. So one thing that Priscilla says in that series, and we stand and we are like, yes, she's so right. 
There is, we, the, the, the Bible strictly talks about the six pieces of armor, physical pieces of armor. Mm-hmm. But then it goes on to talk about how, how you armor up, and that is by prayer. So we look at it as there's seven pieces of armor, okay? You got the helmet of salvation, you got the chestplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the gospel, the gospel piece, the boots of peace, we call them the boots of peace. And how do you activate it? Prayer. So that's, uh, that's our seventh piece. Prayer is how you can access all of the spiritual resources to stand against the enemy, guys. Like that, it's so crazy that you can have the power to be like, Satan, get out. When we pray for each other each day, and when we uh, discussed in previous pod episodes about how we always said we're standing in the fire together, yes. not side by side, but we are standing back to back protecting one another. Mm-hmm. Well, With- what... Christ in the center. With Christ in the center, yes. But when we're praying over that, you know, what better way than um, arming each other up and praying for one another about that, of just praying for one another that just as much as, you know, we are equipping ourselves with it, that we are helping our partner equip it too, and just to make sure that, you know, we're not leaving either one of us vulnerable um, to any attacks or any, you know, encounters that the enemy might try to make on us. Yeah, so I guess my question before we dive in, number one, do you want a fully armored marriage? Are you willing to listen to this episode and read through Ephesians to fight for your marriage, fight for your relationship? Do you want a fully armored relationship? And are you willing to pray not only on your own, but with your spouse, over your spouse, Because if you guys want to have a fervent marriage, a fully armored marriage, there needs to be prayer. There needs to be prayer not only as a wife. I know it's my duty to pray for my husband. and Ryan knows it's his duty to pray for me. But there needs to be that time together where we come. So it's so important to have separate time, that time to come back together, to have that touch to pray. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... Man, that's what marriage is for, guys. That's what that's what fires us up. That's what gets us closer to God. That's what that's the purpose of marriage. So let's name it for what it is. The enemy and the the what we're going against is Satan, flat out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as you get closer with God, you will all you will ultimately get a bigger and bigger and bigger dart on your back or target on your back, and Satan is going to try everything to throw more and more and more. So as a Christian, we are constantly going to wrestle. There is constantly going to be a a push and shove because we ultimately are being toe-to-toe with Satan, but it's not our battle anymore. Mm -hmm. God's like, oh, excuse me, I got this. You got your armor, girlfriend? Great. And so he, if he sees you getting closer with God, he just wants to take that away. Yep. If he sees you building in your marriage, he's going to try to destroy that. Yep. He's going to, because, so the stronger you get with God, the more he's going to try to come. He might surprise you. He might try to come in ways that you're not anticipating. Yep. But he is going to try. So that's why this armor is so important. And we should start diving in. Yeah. So let's I think, dive in. So we're going to dive in. Y'all, let me just tell, let me just size this up, okay? Satan is always studying you, flat out. He's studying you. Just like we studied in the armor of God, he is studying you. He's studying your man. He's studying Ryan. He's studying me right now. He knows what my weaknesses are. He knows what Ryan's weaknesses are. But he is not all knowing like our God, okay? So we invite him in, the, in our spaces. We invite him into our thoughts, which I know I've said before. And 
once he, we invite him to our thoughts, he tries everything he can to cripple us. Because he knows if he can cripple us and zero in on what he knows will bother you and bother Ryan and, bo- and bother your husband or your wife, whatever, he knows that he's got an in because he is the father of lies. And that is why the belt of truth is so important to armor up with. So the belt of truth is something we uh, gird your loins with, which... If that's a weird way to think about it, I want to present this example of, um, so Priscilla Shire actually presented this, but was thinking of the belt of truth is like how TSA agents at the airport will will check your license uh, through a light, Mm -hmm. and it goes through to see if it's authentic, to see if it's real. So with the belt of truth is it's taking, you know, God's worth in in God's truth, and it's using that to take things to see and putting it through that light to see if it goes with his truth. If you don't see that light, it's counterfeit. It's something that the enemy is trying to lie to you about because, as Christina so so boldly pointed out, he is the father of lies. Yeah, he's messy, man. And so this is just, this is what we equip ourselves Mm -hmm. with God's truth, with his word, and knowing how we can know if we are receiving lies from the enemy because we can compare it to God's truth because he's spoken it. Yep. And his truth sets you free, guys. His truth sets you free because it actually releases you and gives you more freedom than you normally would have because you have this, you have all this clarity, like Ryan said, you know right from wrong, you know what his word says. And so when Satan tries to come at you, you can easily decipher it and be like, no, 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 no. My God says with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, da 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 da, right? So it's just just knowing that you have the belt of truth and you need to be wearing it every single day so you can decipher what he's trying to do, what what his schemes are that day. What are what are what's Satan's strategies to try to get under your skin? Satan, he can make you think that what God said isn't really something he said. Mm-hmm. You'll start doubting it. You'll start wondering, is why, you know, is this really something he said? Should I really believe it? He can make you believe that decisions have no impact on you as it dwindles away. Yeah. You know, whether if it's day-to-day situation, white lies, oh, no big deal. Just, you know, no one's going to notice. But those are things that chip away at, you know, your morale, your spirit that God doesn't want you to follow, that he wants you to stick with his truth and what he wanted for you. And we can't trust our five senses when it comes to this area. We need something outside of that base to help us in these situations when Satan's lying to us. And that's where God's truth comes in. Mm -hmm. It's something that is outside of our senses that Satan knows he can manipulate. He can manipulate our feelings. Guess what? Our feelings aren't very smart. Yeah, they're not. They're not. You know, when you are the most sad, angry happy some well maybe not happy but sometimes you're not thinking clearly when you're really upset Mm -hmm. sometimes you're not thinking clearly when you're really sad yeah and satan knows that and he's going to try to manipulate that and lie into that yeah Teresa. another shout out for Teresa. she always says are you hungry are you angry are you lonely are you tired i think and it spells out halt but like those are times if you're hungry 
you know, and you, you get cranky or whatever, you're vulnerable. That's when Satan's like, aha, I'm going to get hurt or get riled up uh-huh. and then yell at Ryan for this or that because he didn't do the dishes or whatever it is. So, so, and I think lastly, with the belt of, you know, the example of people would you tuck their tunics mm-hmm. into the belt. And this allows better mobility if they needed to run, if they needed to move faster. It's the same way with God's truth that once you trust in his truth and his word, you are now becoming more mobile and more Mm -hmm. able to just keep on moving through all of Satan's lies that he might want to know because you are living in his truth. And so you know that you can just you have better you will have better mobility in God's word than that. So we have a belt of truth, but one of the most important organs of our body still is vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That's where we have the chest plate of righteousness. Do you want to lead us in, Christina? Oh my gosh, I would love to. I love the chest plate of righteousness, guys. The chest, that's, that's my jam, okay? That's where I live. That's my jam. Okay, so... Why is righteousness so, so important? Why is the chest plate of righteousness so, so important? So Ryan said that's by, that's, it protects your most vital organs, right? Your heart and, if, and you know, what else is up here? Your lungs, mm-hmm. right? So you need your, heart to bre- you need your heart to pump your, you know, blood through your body. You need your, your lungs to breathe. So if you're not protected, he's going to be running for it. He's going to be, he's going to try to, to, to throw a dart right at that heart because if it sinks in your heart, you start to believe it, right? So the breastplate and the chestplate of righteousness and the belt are hinged together strategically so the belt could bear some of the weight of the breastplate. The belt of truth carries the weight of our pursuit of righteousness. So this isn't something that you just throw on every once in a while. You need to throw this on every single day because righteousness, righteousness is upright living that aligns mm-hmm. with God's standards. It's holiness. It's obedience. So sometimes it's not something that you just do naturally. This is like a challenge because it's where we are shedding what's not ours and things that are of, of the world, of culture, and we're picking up what God is refining our hearts so at. unrighteousness... Yeah. Is the perfect environment for demonic ways to enter your life. So um, righteousness is upright living that aligns with living in a way of God. So when you're not living in this way, which, let's be honest, a lot of us aren't sometimes, or sometimes we have moments where we're not because we're still in a fallen world. We're We're still sinners, and we have to admit that. But when we have the choice and, you know, we choose to act in righteousness. And sometimes you may come off as alien to some yeah. people. Oh, like you're you're yep. going to you're going to make decisions, you're going to act in ways because if you want to act in the righteousness of God, that some people are going to look at the things you do, the decisions you make and be like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> and they're just going to look at you weird like, "Did you really see what Ryan and Christina are doing? Like they really doing that?" But like you just I have mean, to the, you're the just podcast. Gonna, yeah, like you're just going to have to like just keep strolling through. You got your belt tucked in. Yep. You got your breastplate on and you are just strolling through his righteousness in this. Yeah, that's so true because when when God putting on when you start to wear the chestplate of righteousness and you start to see this transformation when you start to do it every single day. Sometimes you have to do it 3 times a day, right? Mm. But when you start when you start to see that you're doing this every day, you start to notice when you don't 
and when you don't, how those things affect you. When you, when, you know, maybe you were in his discipline one day and you slack and you don't pray, whatever it is, you start to notice when it doesn't and then how, how Satan's words, they cut deep, how you can't, you can't shake it. On those days where you're like, oh, why can't I just shake this off? This naysayer comment, why, why can't I just shake it off? It's because your chest plate of righteousness wasn't on, right? So each piece is so vital, especially the chest plate of righteousness, because it protects your heart. And that's where Satan wants to get at. He wants yeah. to get at your heart because if he has your heart, ooh, he doesn't have to work that hard. Yeah. And like with with his righteousness, it's the fact that we have to change from the inside out mm-hmm. because we can change on the outside, but it's just temporary. It's not going to last very long. And yeah. by the way, it's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to just make temporary changes, fixes yeah. that look good for a little bit of time, but then wear off. Yeah. But when you act in his righteousness, when you make that something that you equip yourself, it starts to change you from the inside. It just starts yes. to change how you think of things, yeah. how you want to make decisions, and it roots away from that. Yeah, and that's so, so, so good. I think, too, like something that Ryan and I were just talking about, we just got back for, from a little walk, had a really good day, and we were just talking about how, like, how good, like, we have just been feeling. Like, we have this peace and this joy that we just, there's no explanation. Like, how, and when people ask us questions about how are you guys able to share and be so vulnerable about this addiction and all the things that have mm-hmm. happened in your marriage and your relationship, and it's like, because why not? Like we have peace that we don't understand. Like it gives us peace to share. Mm-hmm. And that is the chest plate of right- righteousness. Like if you guys would have met Ryan last year, if you would have met me last year, we were completely different people. But being armored every single day with the chest plate of righteousness and the belt of truth, we we're unrecognizable. How we talk about each other, how we talk about others, our conversations, like that Jesus is in all of it. Yeah. He's flowing through all of it. Yep. And so it's just kind of slowly little taps at a time, little chips away, little things to uh, break away from yourself to make ourselves look more like Jesus. And that's not something you have to do alone because the Holy Spirit is with you. And your physical heart has the same impact as your spiritual heart. Key stabs to it can pull you away from God and twist you away. Mm -hmm. And this is why this breastplate is so important because all it takes is a couple things at your heart that, you know, maybe hurt you in a way and make you want to pull away from God. And that's all the enemy needs to yeah. twist not only your heart in this world, but your spiritual heart to turn away from God. Yeah. And why it's so important that both you and hubby or wife or boyfriend, whoever it is, right? Why you both are doing this is because you both are walking your relationship. You're wa- you're pushing closer to push close to God. And by that's why Ryan and I will text each other. I'll be like, don't forget to armor up. Or he'll mm-hmm. he'll text me, don't forget to armor up. Or he'll pray for me, send me a voice memo. It's like one of our favorite things to do if we can't pray in the morning. Yep. Uh, we always make sure that there's some type of contact with that. But it's you want you want to be praying, making sure that your husband is armored up every day with the chest plate and the belt of truth. Mm-hmm. And so that's the chest plate. We love the chest plate of righteousness. One of my favorite things. But the talking, I, I mentioned a little bit of something about the peace. Peace that I don't understand. So we're going to move on to, I like to call it the boots of peace, but it's the gospel of peace, right? Mm-hmm. And let's be real. Evil 
And our world is real, guys, okay? There is bad stuff happening all the time. We have sin in this world. And on top of that, we have a very clever, just always scheming devil trying everything, everything to keep the bad news coming in your life, in my life, in our marriage, in your marriage, in your relationship. He just wants you peaceless. He wants you living in guilt, failure. He wants you to feed, he wants you to just stay in that place and focus on that. He wants to consume your life with discord. If you guys haven't read the book Fervent, Guys, read the book Fervent. It talks about all the different strategies that the enemy uses to try to take away your peace, to try to, to weasel his way into you, your marriage, into your relationship shape, relationships. So he, I like to think of him as just pure poison, you know, mm-hmm. because when he gets in my thoughts, what do I become poisonous. When mm-hmm. he gets in my heart, I become poisonous. When he gets into Ryan's, right? He's pure poison in my eyes. So when I... I think of the enemy, and when I'm thinking about the armor of God, I get worked up. I get almost mad at the enemy. I'm like, mm, what'd you say? Get out. And I, Do I not yell? Like, yes, sometimes I... You do, you do yell. <laughs> like, I feel like yelling right now because I'm just like, no, 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 no. Not today. I'm not the one, right? That's what we have to cope with is just that the, the real enemy, he is invisible, but not fictional. Yeah, yeah. That this isn't just things that happen that, you know, and... Uh, that sometimes that they are direct attacks at you in this in this in this world, uh, and we cannot survive these storms without God's peace. Yep, it's just as simple as that. Because guess what? I've I tried. Yeah, I tried so to do I. it by myself. I tried to just be like I'm fine. The world told mm-hmm. me I was fine. I was not fine. Yeah. I was not fine. But I felt more peace in these 39 weeks to date at the time of us recording this. Um, than I probably have in the last 10 years of my life that I could remember. Yeah. And so it's just realizing that the enemy may be behind something and is the real one driving a wedge in your relationship. Yeah. And that could be with friend, you know, spouse, parent, coworker, anything that, you know, sometimes that all it takes is him just to drive a little wedge that he just wants to keep making you think of because if we think in how we act like, you know, God and in, in, in his peace, like just think of how God was throughout the Bible. Yeah. He just showed love, compassion, grace, forgiveness, even to people he knew would betray him, mm-hmm. even to people who wronged him and in that he would still wash their feet, yeah. buy them a meal, yeah. whatever it was. And just know that those times might be the enemy driving a wedge. Yeah. Yeah. Because peace, guys, peace, ooh, peace protects you. It Peace is your guard because we constantly talk about this. Is like we have peace that we don't understand. We don't understand how we are able to just be so joyful, um, you know, me leaving my job and just being like God is good. Like we feel so good. We, we don't understand that peace, and that's because it comes directly from God because the world would say, how, how are you okay? How are you not freaking out? Man, I got God's peace, girl. That's all I need. So I want to just point back to relationships. So why does your marriage need peace? Because there's going to be naysayers. You're going to go through seasons. There, being a Christian, 
does not mean your life is going to be sweet and roses. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard. It's going to be struggle because there's always going to be something that the Satan's trying to wrestle, cause wrestle and pull and tug. And he's trying to ruffle feathers always in your relationships. And guess what? It's going to happen in your marriage. To say that it's always going to be peaches and roses is just, that's, that's lukewarm Christian stuff. We ain't, we ain't here for that. Right. So your marriage needs peace. Nothing will give you peace the way that Jesus gives you peace. Peace of a restful mind, surrendered heart, a loving relationship with our God. Your marriage needs it. So how do you get the peace in your life and your marriage? Be grateful. Say thank you. Be grateful. Show, express gratitude. With The Bible, if you remember the verse, I know it's with prayer and petition and thanksgiving. Um, present, God, present your request to God and uh, all of these things. Transgressions. All these transgressions. Will surpass all understanding. Did yeah. we just we just do that together? Okay, I think so. God is good. So you know, but one of the things that we often forget is Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving that's being thankful. Mm-hmm. That's what activates peace. During the the ninety days, we were finding reasons to be thankful. Like mm-hmm. I was saying, thank you that I woke up. I was saying, thank you that I didn't cry six times that day. I mm-hmm. was saying, thank you, I still was able to pay the bills. You know, those, you have to find reasons to be grateful, and that activates peace. As well, like, it makes me think of a, the story of King Solomon, who yeah. at one point he references all of the things that he had, all yeah. of the glorious things, fields, animals, possessions that he had, and he described them all as like because they're all things that he's done through his hands that provided from that Mm -hmm. but it's like grasping at the wind is in a way because it still doesn't bring peace Mm. so all the things that you have you could you know nothing wrong with cars nothing wrong with houses nothing wrong with possessions but they can't bring you peace that God can. Yeah. It's just, if you try to get peace in your life through that, you're just going to be grasping for the wind and coming up empty because you just need God's peace in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, man. See, Ryan, he is such a sponge where he remembers all of the stories. It's because I take notes. (laughs) He remembers all of the stories. And I like remember the words and the phrases that I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, preach it. But like together we remember we remember like good messages yeah. together. But you got fifty percent, I got the other because it always I'm like oh I forgot about that. But that was a great point. But so you got you have the gospel of peace. You got your boots. You got your your Uggs, your Doc Martins. I hope they're better than that because they got to be more sturdy. We got we got God's boots on right. Next we got the shield of faith. Okay, I know I said I was hype about the other pieces, but I'm really hype about the shield of faith, okay? Because we've really been in a season where we've been using our shield of faith, right, babe? Mm-hmm. So faith is, faith, so I, I think of the verse James 2.20. Faith without works is useless. Faith without works is useless. To me, that means if you ain't doing the work, you ain't going to get the, you ain't going to get the, mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not putting in that work, girlfriend, then don't be like, well, I just, I just, I'm, I'm not connecting with God. Well, what have you done? What have you done? You know? Mm-hmm. So faith without work is useless. You can have all the faith in the world, but if there's no work on your part, you're never going to see the fruit of it. You're never going to. So the shield of faith it's the activity involved in the belief system of the invisibility. It is acting on faith. It's having that crazy faith. We've been in a season where we are acting on crazy faith, right, baby? Mm-hmm. Crazy faith. So 
Husband, your faith, husbands, your faith needs a job. Wives, your faith needs a job. You guys need to be acting on faith in your marriage. And how have we been acting on faith in our marriage? So, yeah, we have a couple of things of acting on faith in our marriage. Of, you know, one where we had earlier this year, Christina quit her job. Mm-hmm. Was, and she just, because she just felt the calling of God telling her to walk away from it. And we talked about this in an earlier episode. Uh, feel free to go check that out if you haven't yeah. heard it already. But of just knowing that, like, God's calling her to do this and that he's going to provide yeah. whatever, you know, what we need and what, you know, is going to be needed, you know, through this. And he certainly has, like, tenfold yeah. to everything we need to the point where in this season we feel like we have, like, surplus mm-hmm. to what we thought our needs were. We have never felt in a better place, and I would have never thought that came from her stepping away from her position, yeah. you know. And um, faith that we have reveals a reliance on God. Yeah. Because that's what he wants, you know, because we can say we have faith in God, but then we still have our little side plans. God's asking you, I want you to rely on me. Yeah. Which is scary. Yeah. In our fleshly bodies, that's scary. And if this is something that you're struggling with, if you're struggling to have that crazy faith, one of the things that really have helped us in this season is we've been locking in on Transformation Church series about crazy faith. We read the book Crazy Faith by Michael, mm-hmm. Pastor Michael Todd, and that has really helped us with every stage because he kind of just walks you through with how you start with like baby steps and then you go to maybe faith and then you go to waiting faith and then you go, to, you know, there's each stage and it's really been helpful for us to kind of just, you know, just because we're at the at like a maybe faith stage, it doesn't mean that better's not coming. We're just, we're working our way up there. And now we're at a point, like we didn't, we didn't leave like, uh, you know, when this all started happening, we didn't, at the start of 90 days, we were like, oh God, it's going to be so good. He's going to provide. I had a lot of doubts still, but ultimately I had a little bit, I was just willing. I was acting. I just had a little bit of willingness to just be like, yes, I'm going to trust the Lord in this. I'm going to surrender him in this. And then week by week by week, we started to see how that willingness got bigger and that belief in God got even bigger, got even deeper, right? You know, he'll he'll tell you promises. He'll tell you things we have. Like, you yeah, know, Christina, so he'll, you know, he told Christina that, you know, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Like that we're going to be okay in this season. But he places those promises not in your hands, but within our reach. Yep. And we're in need to act on that towards it. And we act on faith. And faith is someone who is acting in something based with their religion and their belief. And which for us is with God. And so when we are acting on our faith, we are stepping towards that. We are trying to outreach towards those promises that he has for us. Um, Something, another, I'm just a person, I stick to analogies. Analogies really help me understand things. So we talked about with the shields, how the Roman soldiers, when uh, fiery darts would shoot at them, they would go into what's called the turtle formation. Mm-hmm. They would all stand together and hold their shields up. So it was like a turtle shell. Yep. So all the javelins would just kind of hit into their shields and they would protect one another. And, you that's know, pretty, that's pretty cool. You know? And so what the, but sometimes, you know, they would send fiery javelins to try to set the shields on fire. And what this would do would break the formation. And this is the same thing the enemy wants to do. Yep. To you, if you and your, you, know, you and your spouse are you know, guarding each other with their shields, 
he's going to try to shoot fiery darts out of you because he's going to try to send internal struggles because you're going to start worrying about the fire that's now within um, that protection. Mm -hmm. So you put your shields down because now you're going to worry about that. Um, He wants you to worry about the internal struggles. So meanwhile, he can advance on you. Yeah. He can come closer towards attacking you while you worry about that. Yeah, because I, I think that's why it's so important to be a fully armored marriage because who is guarding your back? I think the, one of the best pieces of advice my mom gave me before we got married is she, she, she's the one who kind of told us, like, you're not, you're not supposed to be side by side. You're not supposed to be one in front of the other. You're supposed to be back to back. And that's because, like, when something's happening in front of you, who's guarding your backside, right? Mm-hmm. And so because we have that turtle formation in our marriage, Ryan's got this side, I got that side, and we're, fu- we're armoring up together. We're standing together, being fully transparent on what things we need to bring to the light. And then we have God in the center. Like, that, that's, that's radical, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And the main antagonist of faith is fear. Yeah. So just know that where fear is, that's not where God is. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you know, God wants you to figure out how to get to his promises through his faith and he just wants you to pray to him. He wants you to come to him in those situations of getting closer to him, asking for clarity in what yeah. he wants you in this season for. But if there's a lot of fear, that's when the devil's going to try to creep in. Yep. That's when he's going to try to pull you away from the promises God has for you yep. and to break away from your faith with God. Yeah, and not to say that that fear isn't there sometimes. Like we, we I would say that we had fear about just sharing, being so vulnerable with other people, sharing with um, our, you know, our three people when we did the 90 days, sharing with you guys, right? So there was definitely fear there, but did we allow that to become something? Mm -hmm. Or did we say, "Mm, nope, I got my shield of faith. I'm going to act on faith. God put this on my heart and I'm going to trust that he is going to be faithful in this season and give me everything that I need to navigate this new season, right? Yeah, and and you gain a confidence as you continue to step in faith. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, we're I know in the future as Christine and I continue to record these, there's going to be times where we're going to be like should we record this? Yeah. Should we really speak on this? And we just know that that we are just going to have to walk in confidence with God's faith in that even we may have those doubts or fears right up before, but in the moment that we need to we just need to step in God's faith to step into being like, this is what, if this is what he's called us to do, then we just need to step into it regardless of whatever feel fears may be trying to pull us away. Shield of faith. We just wrapped up the shield of faith and now we're moving on to the helmet of salvation. Mm -hmm. So next we have the helmet of salvation, which strategically is on our head and something that we've seen over and over again in the Bible, as you're reading different contexts and you're reading the different passages you keep seeing the the just like the image of just head being very symbolical um so that tends to mean biblically just the whole person it's the most essential part of a person in scripture people would place their hands on their heads 
uh, of a person when that person was being blessed. So think about like when someone prays for you. Mm -hmm. um, usually someone will like put, I think a lot of times, like even I've had times when my mom has prayed for me or when in my woman's group, sometimes someone will lay their hand on my head or they'll lay their hand like on my neck area. But I feel like maybe that is just, and no one taught me to do that. I just do yeah. that naturally, you know? And so just like praying over someone, that could be a way to just bless someone. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes with that. We know that that's where kind of a lot of the battle lies, that it's like because that's where our thoughts are, that's where yeah. our feelings, emotions are, and that's where God gives us that free will, mm -hmm. but it's all controlled in our mind. Yeah. The, that's where we make our decisions. So it's just like it's kind of praying to invite God into that place because... Yes. And so I just think that it's and a very I, pivotal part to protect because that's where you make your decisions of do you want to continue to keep aligning with God or go against, you know, whatever selfish temptations the enemy yeah. might throw at you. I also remember just a couple of days ago, I was feeling, I was feeling very attacked by the enemy and like I couldn't, mm -hmm. and it was over little stuff, guys. Like I just, I felt like my spirit was like just restless and tired. And Ryan, instead of like listening to me rant about why I was restless and tired, he just knew in that moment that he just needed to pray over me. <clears throat> and what did he do? He put his hands on my head. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like you said this, you said that you started to see like my eyes started to relax and mm -hmm. um, just like praying and just like trusting that, you know, laying your hands on someone on their most important part of their body. Right. Yeah. Now, th there is a so there's a great example um, of what the helmet kind of does for us in a way. So if anyone's seen the movie Saving Private Ryan, I know it was always one of my yeah, favorites, one of your favorites, but it's a military movie. Um, but the example is like so there was a scene where a soldier got like shot in like the head but it just hit his helmet mm -hmm. and he like took off his helmet and kind of just looked at it in amazement that um like the bullet was just welded in the helmet now but the very next moment he then got shot again and yeah. unfortunately passed in the movie yeah, but this. like so like you think that oh i i have hope in salvation and so mm -hmm. that i'm i'm hopeful of salvation but right. salvation is it has been promised to you you say yeah. you told you 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 profess that you love the lord you were going to surrender to the lord and he you are living for him mm -hmm. perfect salvation's been promised to you and we can just be hopeful for the eternity that's coming the new yeah. creation of heaven on earth that's coming and so just resting in that yeah it, it's not the hope that you will receive salvation. Yep. It's the hope and knowing that salvation is promised. Salvation is promised. Once heaven you, is coming. Yeah, yeah, heaven is coming. And that's when you, you know, put your trust and you, and you dedicate your life yep. to God and everything and that that's what he wants. But so, because it's so easy to just, you know, you might hear people say like, oh, I just, you know, hope this happens. I just hope that. Um, I'm hoping that my helmet will work. Yeah, but it's just like, but it's knowing that when it's on that, like, you know, God's got it. Like, he, yeah. he, can, he can handle it. That, like, he's already promised these things. So it's living in that hope that knowing that um, these things have been promised. Yeah, and it's not something we physically put on. This is something that God puts on us. Once we say that, like, we are born again and we are believers in Christ, like, that salvation, God puts on you. That's not something that you just turn on and off, turn on and off. Like, God puts that on you, right? Next, we have the sword of the Spirit. And this is something that I feel like I've always, I've always, like, was good with the other pieces of the mm -hmm. armor. 
But as I've been more, I needed to grow spiritually. I needed to grow it with my like theology and like the Bible. I needed to know God's word more. And so I have seen how like just being in um, in the word mm-hmm. that I've been able to really take on the sword of the spirit and use it correctly. Yeah, and to go with that, so like the sword of the spirit, uh, it's usually referred to as God's word. Mm-hmm. So as the Bible and really understanding that. So it's not you just flailing a sword around at people, but just metaphorically, the Bible is your sword. It can not only defend you against attacks, but it also can, you can use it against attacks, attacks against the enemy, which keyword I say enemy, because so something we think with this um, piece of armor or weapon in the sense is understanding his word in a way that you're not misusing it. Yeah, we're not wrestling. We're not wrestling or attacking against flesh or blood, but we need to see who our real, mm-hmm. who our real enemy is. And so, for example, like if someone if someone throws a rock at you, you don't say, "Well, I have my sword of the spirit. I'm gonna slay that person." Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. That's not what the sword. That's not what the sword is for, right? Is that kind of what you were meaning? Because any temptation that the enemy might throw at you, all it takes is one word, maybe one scripture that you read that God's word can just, because his word will dismantle any tr- any lie yep. that the enemy tries to tell you. Absolutely. And so knowing that that's how you can defend yourself as well as like attack when the enemy is going to attack you. But there's a lot of times, you know, you may see people post, you know, just one specific verse, yeah. um, whether if it's, you know, just a normal post, whether if it's towards something going on in culture whatever it is, and they let their their cultural views impact how that verse is seen. Oh, yeah. And we've, when, and we've honestly yeah, done that yeah, as Yeah, I was going to well. say, in the, yep. in the years past, before ever really learning more about the Bible, like, I would say that as well. But, like, but knowing that with each verse, there's so much context yes. to what was happening, what was the story at that time, whoever was writing it, what were they experiencing it mm-hmm. when they wrote it. For example, when it's the verse of, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it doesn't mention it because it was John? No, Paul. Paul? Paul with the thorn, right? Yeah. That it was, so not only Paul was in prison mm-hmm. writing this, but he also had, you know, they just kept referring to it as a thorn. We never, they never said what it was, but basically like a weakness. Yeah. And so he's writing it from just declaring that with this situation, being in prison with this weakness, he can do all these things because he knows God is strengthening him mm-hmm. and everything. So it's not just using that as a context that it's like you can do anything, not to say that you can't. And just be like, I'm going to I'm gonna but it's run to, the entire planet now yeah, because that, I can do all things. Yeah, but it's just to know that you can do these things that God has called you in the situation you are in mm-hmm. because he is the one strengthening like, you. Like I kind of just outed us. I said that we struggled in this area, and for many years I was living – I was being a culture culture driven Christian, mm-hmm. which means that like I used verses that would and I would manipulate them to fit my circumstance right. instead of knowing the story from front, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. And what really helped me shed culture away from God's word because God's word is holy. And oh my gosh, if you have not read the Bible, guys, I'm telling you, I've been reading the Bible. Uh, we're doing like we're reading it chronologically right now, and it's been really difficult, but we're getting it. 
Um, but it has been so enlightening and so eye-opening to just not just pick apart certain verses, but to read everything. How do I act on that? How do I act on that? So I started, I didn't just start and be like, hey, I just want to read the Bible from front to back. What I started with was Bible mem like verses that I can memorize. And then that piqued my interest to read a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then I started that uh, Bible study group. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I kind of was like, I want to read this version and that version. So just start with something to just immerse and you'll start to see how God's word is going to wash away things that are not true in your life, things that are culture based, mm -hmm. um, which has been really good for not only just my walk with the Lord and with Ryan's walk individually, but obviously our marriage as well. Throughout it, he, we want to always be walking with people wherever they're at. Exactly. And yes. being, and whether it's, because that's what, you got to think of what would God do in these situations? Because that's how he wants us to act and be, because we as Christians look to be more Christ-like in everything that we, we want to, whether it's whatever struggle, whatever thing that they're feeling, whatever questions that they have, that we are not someone, we are not judge, jury, and executioner. Amen. That is strictly God's position, and he doesn't even necessarily want to be that, but he just wants to be the one that people turn to. Yep. And so we look to bring his word, and it's not supposed to be a way of condemning people. It's mm -hmm. not supposed to be a way of putting others down or almost putting ourselves on a pedestal because of saying this first, because let's be honest, we see it a lot in culture and social media, whatever it might be, that that's when things want to be referenced. But just to that God wants us to just understand where they're at, yes. that we want to be more Christ-like, that we want to be compassionate. Mm -hmm. We want to um, show grace in those moments. We Amen. want to show love and compassion when they might not feel like they have it because that's what God would want to do if yeah. he was here. Like mm -hmm. he would, like they said, he would leave the 99 to go yeah. find the one. Yep. So he's going to go look for that hurt person and not condemn them but just want to know what he can do to bring them back. Yep. And I think too, like um, I always, this past week, I was wrestling with this verse right here and then um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of piece it apart and this is how we'll wrap it up. But it says, bless those who persecute, persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in just your own opinion. And that's Romans 12, 14 through 16. But it continues to go on and how to how to really embody what it what it what was God really trying to tell us how to act mm -hmm. and how to speak to others, how to sit with other, others. Because just like in marriage, guys, this is something if you learn this, if you learn to be fully armored every single day personally, and then in your marriage, you will also start to do this with other people. Mm -hmm. And because God's big, his big message, guys, is he is he is craving unity. He wants unity for us. And we know unity is coming. Yeah. Um, but if you if you just p p take little bits and pieces of the word instead of reading the whole image that he's set there before you and made it very clear, mm -hmm. um, you will you will always fall back to culture. Yeah. And so that's just our piece of like, it. A great way if you're not maybe super familiar with the Bible, because even like, you know, I know I'm still not, you know, fully remembering like every book and what everything refers we're to. We're learning, we're learning. Is, you know, sometimes even just when you just start searching it, look up like articles of people talking about it just to get an idea mm -hmm. of, you know, like them breaking down the pieces of armor or specific things that you wonder about. And then 
taking that information and to just slowly build upon it. Then maybe you go look through those yep. verses. Maybe you go read those books in the Bible that people might refer to just as a way to get it. It doesn't mean that you have to always dive in the Word because sometimes you can read the Word and still be a little confused. And yeah. so sometimes you just have to look up maybe different translations. Maybe yep. someone who do. Maybe someone who has studied it. So when they are like writing something about it, you can know that, okay, this is somebody who has read it over and over and has studied it for years Mm -hmm. and maybe can provide a different perspective. Yeah, and I just always fall back on God's word because that I can have all of my... It's the truth. Yeah, it's the truth, but I can have all of my own opinions. I can Mm -hmm. have all of my... This is what I think you should do, Mm -hmm. all of my pride, but if I just simply take you know, be still, be humble, allow myself to decrease so that he can increase in my life, increase in my marriage, increase in my relationships. That's where we find unity. That's where we find God's peace. Mm -hmm. And it all starts with knowing. And honestly, where do you want to start? Start with Ephesians. Start with reading about the armor of God. Read the verse that we started this whole path, this whole episode with. Start there because Ephesians, then I would go to Romans, like, you know, but just start somewhere mm-hmm. and just claim that that's going to be um, how you're going to just like act, act in your marriage. Because honestly, the best way that I've learned how to act and um, be gracious and uh, just always extending peace towards one another is through my season in my marriage where I was not doing that and yeah. how God has just used, redeemed that and made that good and turned it into good. Well, guys, uh, my wife's on fire over here. So <laughs> she's just speaking for the Lord right now. But so that is, <laughs> that is everything we wanted to discuss um, about the armor of God. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we love this topic. We still talk about it kind of daily and we still are learning about it, but this is just kind of things we wrote and uh, wanted to discuss over this podcast. Um, we are super excited, at least I know I am, for next week. Oh, We yeah. are doing, uh, it's going to be cultural marriage versus like a godly marriage. Yes. And so stay tuned for that uh, next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we're going to use that next week's episode is we're going to kind of, we're going to use our, obviously our marriage as an example and just just call out some of the things that just were culture-based in the way that we were, you know, even in our relationship as, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend and then being engaged. Mm-hmm. So we are going to use ourselves as a example. example. <laughs> yeah. But so thank you so much for listening, guys. Yes. Uh, make sure to, if you haven't already, go find us our Facebook page, Burning for Marriage. And make sure to follow us. Make sure to uh, feel free to be active. We're going to, you know, we comment back. We'll reply. We have postings daily on there. Um, You'll see little sneak peeks of next week's episode on there. And so uh, feel free to find us on there. We're still working on getting our podcast on Apple and Spotify. And so that's in the works. Otherwise, thank you for listening on Podbean. Podbean. Uh, We're on Google. We're also on Facebook. But Facebook will no longer have podcasts anymore starting June 1st. So we will get those up there. Keep praying for us. And thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you guys. Well, we'll chat with you guys next week. We'll chat with you next week. All right. Have a great week.